I'm Jason. And I'm Luke. We're the guys from that film, Stu, and this is our latest review, The Whale. Directed by Darren Aronofsky, The Whale is the psychological drama film based on the 2012 play of the same name by Samuel D. Hunter. The movie is out now, but if you haven't watched The Whale yet and you want to, go watch it first before listening to our full review. We will be talking spoilers. Before we get into it, make sure you subscribe and download this podcast on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, wherever you can find us, and feel free to leave us a review. And follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as That Film Stew Podcast. So, Luke, what is The Whale about? A reclusive English teacher, played by Brendan Fraser, suffering from severe obesity, attempts to reconnect with his estranged teenage daughter, played by Sadie Sink, for one last chance at redemption. Yes. Now, look, before we start breaking it all down and talking about how we felt and experienced this movie, a few things have happened since uh, since both of us have watched this movie. And uh, well, mainly just one one main thing. Um, the 95th Academy Awards has has occurred. Awards have been given. Brendan Fraser was nominated for Best Actor um, and well, he took it out. He honestly, like, I'll, I'll, I'll say it here now. He was, he was. I mean, he's been a front runner, a favourite to 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 win the uh, award, going off other awards in the in the season and stuff like that. Uh, for myself, like, I mean, it goes without saying, like, his performance in this movie is, is phenomenal. It's fantastic, um, and that best picture, uh, best picture, no, not best picture. Sorry, the best actor award. Um, Oscar, well-deserved. My pick, though, for that award, I mean, I feel like what Austin Butler was doing in Elvis was was something else. He was my pick, but in no way when, when I was watching the Oscars and this was awarded to Brendan, I mean, you couldn't, you couldn't help but just, just, you know, enjoy. Just, just, it's great. It's fantastic and well-deserved. Absolutely, but we're here to review a Brendan Fraser film. Save your Austin Butler (laughs) conversation for do an Elvis review. This this is not the place for that. I know that he was your top pick. Fraser was mine. I was so so happy. As he was many. Yes, my motivation for wanting to watch this film in the first place was purely down to him wanting to see him, and obviously he's getting all the praise. So I'm like, I I got invited to an early screening of this. So yeah, it has been quite a bit of time for me, a little bit more time than it's been for you. But as you say, the Academy Awards have happened. But I went for him, and wow, this this movie it just took me took me on a ride. I mean, it takes you to some really dark places. This this movie is such an emotional roller coaster. Let's just go. Back to the Oscars, though, because I don't think we're going to talk about it elsewhere. It drew 18.7 million viewers, which is up 12% from last year. For so many years, people just seem to have been losing interest. Last year, 12 months later, people are still talking about Will Smith and the slap. That's all they really took away from that. Whereas this year, you know, everything, everywhere, all at once won so many awards, and rightly so. 
but it just everything's just more positive this year and it seems like i mean good candidates in all categories but it's a lot of the favorites won so i think people had a lot more fun with it a better time with it than they've had in recent years yeah look it was it was a it was a pretty good um Oscars. I mean, obviously, there's been a bit of disruption with like COVID and all that kind of stuff. But this year, it really felt like a celebration of the movies and and what makes them great. And a part of that is, you know, like, I mean, the people who won. Like, again, you sort of felt a bit of joy for those who did win. Um, and you know, best supporting actor, best actor. You know, like Brendan Fraser here. Like, this is again. It's it, like you said. Like, it, it was sort of like. It's like someone won who deserved it, but it was also like the one who people wanted to win. I mean, and, and Brendan Fraser's had like, you know, a bit of a, you know, it's that, it's that comeback story, you know, he was big. Um, and then, you know, he sort of, he sort of got put, put to one side. Like he kind of didn't have that Hollywood run for a long time. Um, and then he started popping up a little bit, you know, like Doom Patrol, um, a few other little projects here, but like this is like a, it's a, it, you know this is a small movie, but then it's just blown up into this big thing, both uh, figuratively and I guess literally as well with his character. But you know it's jokes aside, um, it's yeah it's just turned into this huge thing, and now he's Academy Award winner, Brendan Fraser. Like um, it is. It is it's incredible. You, know, you, yeah. you mentioned how how you know like the ratings for the the Oscars went up um, a little bit this year, which you know is is good. I think look, interest in the Oscars has been sort of dwindling, but you have to bear in mind like behind major sports events, you know, something like the um, you know the Super Bowl, the Oscars is one of the highest rated television um, events in 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 the most in in modern years anyway. Like. It's still it's up there. It's like in the top three of things. So you know, like it's still a big, it's still a big deal. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it does still draw an audience. But I just thought worth noting that, yeah, more people tuned in this time around. And you know, we've been doing this film podcast for a long time now, and this year could be the most interested I've been the whole time we've been doing that film shoot. There's just something about these this year. It just seemed like, you know, a lot of films that were nominated, a lot of people had seen and enjoyed, whereas sometimes that's not necessarily um, the kind of films I mean, look, that you get. There was still there was still a bit of a mixed bag in terms of, oh, yeah, one of those movies. You know, you, you kind of watch them and you sit through them and you're just like, ah, this is a bit of a drag. But, you know, interestingly, this movie, The Whale, which we should yeah, let's actually let's um, um, let's leave the it, academy. <laughs> it, it wasn't. It, it this wasn't one of the best picture nominees. Worth noting. No, but he did Worth win noting. two awards. What was the other one? Was it like hair and makeup? There was there was another one. I can't remember what it was. Yes. But... Uh, yeah, yeah, because that would come under like the practical effects and stuff, yeah. which of course were phenomenal. Um, but even. Yeah, I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about it. But um, um, Hong Chow, who plays Liz, was nominated for Best Supporting Actress as well. So I mean, you know, like yeah, there were there were nominations, there were awards won. It's good. So now let's here are talk. <laughs> yes, let's <laughs> talk about Charlie. The casting of Charlie in this film. 
10 years. That's how long director Darren Aronofsky was looking to find the right person to play Charlie. And the film that he was watching, that's, or maybe in a trailer, but anyway, for a film that Fraser was in, I'd never heard of it. A Brazilian film, Journey to the End of the Night, which came out in 2006. That's where the director thought, that's him. That's the guy. And he'd been trying for 10 years to cast the film. And obviously he did it with, with Fraser. And he did it well. <laughs> he cast well. Yeah, he, he really did. And with this being an adaption of a stage play, because of how restricted Charlie is in his life, it's like you're watching a stage play at the movies. For the most part, you've got that one location. It's inside his apartment. Occasionally, he'll go outside. But for the most part, you can see how they were able to adapt it without having to change too much from stage to screen. And when Charlie is interacting with his, his class or his students and he's on the monitor. Like, I mean, I kind of figured um, he didn't want, well, it's obvious that he didn't want them to see him. But I was getting COVID vibes, the online learning and all of that. But of course, the play predates all of that. So it feels like they were doing something really current, although we've moved a little bit away from that now. But it was actually nothing to do with COVID. You know, I felt, you know, like watching this movie before before watching it, like I legitimately didn't read into it, didn't know it was based on a play. Watching it, that was like the immediate vibes I get. We're in one location. We're not moving. It's, yeah, in my head I was like, is this like a stage play? Like what is, what is happening? I was feeling claustrophobic. I was feeling like, like we need to go outside. We need to, and you do, you know, like you say, you get those glimpses of, of outside, but it's it's, it's on the porch. That's as far as you get. So there's the yeah the the play vibes are right there, and it makes sense after you know reading. So I was like, oh, it is based on a play, dude. Yeah, but you also you're putting these shoes though. You're experiencing what he's experiencing. Like he can't go outside. You're not going outside. See, so yeah, you're yeah. experiencing the world how he does. Like. When he's interacting with people, whether it's his classmates online or people coming to him. And that's, I mean, yes. So a couple of things do happen outside of the flat. The opening scene where Thomas gets off the bus and the flashback scene on the beach. But other than that, it's all in his apartment. And one of the things that they did just to make it um, just feel more confined the film was shot in a 1.33 aspect ratio. So that just pulls you in as well. Just to make it make it feel even tighter, because that's all. That's yeah, all but I mean, this, um, yeah, th- this film, it, it took me on such a ride. It's like, hey, I'm here for the actor. You know, I've watched his movies for as long as I can remember. I'm going to go and see what many people were referring to be his big comeback i watched it on a saturday it was a packed screening early afternoon so everybody went in watched the movie and 
the ending got me. Like it really did get me. And then just the constant retelling or as comfort, you know, reading of that passage of the whale. And and then when you find out what it really means, and I was thinking it was his lover, but ends up being his daughter. Anyway, it's this ah, oh, the the whole thing took me on such a journey. So when the lights didn't even slowly come up. And I've got to be honest, I got choked up. Like the movie really did affect me in a way that I did not see coming at all. And as soon as the lights, again, they didn't slowly fade up. It was just flick of a switch. All the lights were on. People are everywhere. I'm feeling emotional. All I wanted to do was get out of there. I'm trying my best just to leave. One of the guys opened the doors to enter the screening in the first place. He stopped me. So what did you think? How did you like the film? That's, that's what he asked me. Look at me. Yeah. <laughs> As you and I just said, that. yeah, fine, thanks. And put my head down and left. I, <laughs> I just, this film, it just caught me off guard. And, and obviously I reacted in, in, in the way that you're supposed to react to this film because it is going to take you on a journey. You are going to feel for these characters. And, you know, Razor is buried under the heavy prosthetics. He's balding. And everything else, but for me, the strongest part, like whenever he's on screen, the strongest parts of his performance, his eyes and his voice. That's what was just he was he really sold that character with his voice. He can be soft spoken anyway, like in a lot of things that he's done. The mummy films, he'll yell. But a lot of the time, like he does seem to have like a soft way of speaking anyway, but even more so in this film, but you saw the pain of this character in his eyes. Look, I mean, and it's a combination of both his, again, fantastic performance, utilising those tools that you just said there, but I mean, the the craft of the prosthetics, the makeup, it, it's not just like they put him in a fat suit and they've run with it. It's It's the way that it's what they've done with the prosthetics that he can actually use. He can still create expressions with the the way that the face moves, stuff like that. So we're getting like genuine expressions, even through the prosthetics, which is, I mean, you can make, you can make a face look completely different, really good. And, and the, you know, the, the practical effect there can look really good, but what they've done here is that he's actually been able to, to express further and obviously a lot of the heavy lifting is through like you said his eyes and how he's speaking and, and all that but like it the combination what they've managed to do in conjunction with with Fraser's like performance just phenomenal and that's where for me this movie like I'm glad to hear you had some sort of spiritual like you know awakening with, with this movie. like you went on you went on a journey and, and you felt stuff um to me what I enjoyed from this movie was was to do with the performances, uh, and not just not just Brendan Fraser's, but like even the supporting cast as well. Like um, the interactions, the dialogue. That's it's it's the characters and all of that. That's where it is for me um, as an overall experience and and journey. Even when you get to the end, and look, I'm not I'm not a monster. I don't not have a soul. I, I like to think. So I mean, like I felt the stuff at the end, but I didn't have any sort of like overwhelming like emotional like reaction to this film um and i'm thinking like maybe maybe it's something to do with you know like aronofsky has this way with his films of um you know there's a lot of 
different thematical layers and stuff that he's thrown in there, religious undertones, all that kind of stuff, or overtones, pretty heavy handed with a lot of it. And as we, you know, as you progress the movie and you get to sort of the end and it's sort of, things like that, it's like, yeah, it gets pretty heavy handed in terms of like, you know, the religious side of you know, what he's trying to say. And then I just found myself at the end of it being like, ah, oh, okay, where, like, what is the message here? Like, what is, and again, I, I get it's all based on a play, so he's not necessarily, you know, it's not really his story that is putting on there, but, it, you know, he's still choosing to show certain aspects. And, yeah, I don't know. Again, the performance is, is what's driving this movie. And just the feeling of of the, the tightness and the, the enclosed stuff, like, that's what I felt. I felt the characters. I felt the environment in terms of an overall movie experience or film experience, it wasn't quite like up there in terms of like fully engrossing me. Yeah. For me, like what I gravitated towards, it was the, the father, daughter, daughter being away, him not knowing his daughter, him like having all this money saved up, like living as if he's got no savings because he wants it all for his daughter. His relationship with her mom didn't work out. He was attracted to a man. And then his life took a different journey. Religion, yeah, is a big, a big part of it. Now they did make changes in this. In the original play, the new life preachers are actually Mormons. So that's something that they changed. Um and yes, that does play a big part of it, but it was the father-daughter um, relationship that was really holding my attention. And that is like the through line for the whole film, just him wanting to reconnect. So you think, liked her, but you know what? I've only seen her in this in Stranger Things, and she could be playing the same character. I'm sure she's got more range. <laughs> Did you watch that like that trilogy of... I didn't. Like whatever it was called. The R.L. Stein, Fear Street. Yeah, I've not seen them. Is that that? Ah, right. She, she was in... Is she different? One. <laughs> Is she <No>. different? <laughs> no. She does this really well. She does this one thing really well. And she's excellent in this. She is. And to the point where I Young hated Jane. her. Yeah. Hated her at times because... Well, you're yeah. feeling so much for, you know, you know the Charlie character and, and his situation. And you're just like, he just wants to love you. Like, let him love you, girl. Like, come on. It's... Yeah, it's rough, but but I mean, like, look, we've got the, you know, like like Liz, like the his neighbor nurse friend who, um, who the, you know, it's revealed towards the end that it's like she's actually the sister of his man lover partner friend guy well, boyfriend. I can't remember. <laughs> Boy, like, did they live together? Was it all? Yeah, so they. Yeah, no, they were because yeah, like, remember he had he, did, like, he purposely like he essentially, yeah. she essentially was his sister-in-law. He couldn't was... go into his room because of the memories. So yeah, no, they definitely yeah. lived together. Yeah, that that was a a reveal. Yeah, because I'd seen a bit of the trailer, and that's pretty much it. So when I went into this movie, I thought they were in a relationship. So I really went into this movie <laughs> not knowing too much, really. So it was a nice slow burn when you found out what the actual relationships were. It wasn't until after I'd seen the film. That I, I say I realized I found out that Thomas was played by Ty Simpkins, 
the kid from Iron Man 3 in Jurassic World. I had no idea. It was almost like and the kid from Insidious. It was about halfway through the movie. I shit you not. Like it was around the halfway point. And I'm like, look out and I'm like, is that the Jurassic World kid? Like, can 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 we get a fact check here? Like, <laughs> and I looked at it, I'm like, yeah, that's it. Like I still wasn't sure. He's obviously, you know, puberty's happened. He I like we saw him at the end of um, you know, Avengers Endgame very briefly and the, he still wasn't as old as this. Like it was, it was weird. Yeah, but again, he's he's almost like a conduit for you know a lot of the religious stuff that they're throwing into this movie. The dialogue, uh, you know, around that kind of stuff and and all that. So it's like, yeah, he plays his part. And I was I was sort of engaged in the what might have could have been what is the relationship between him and and Sadie. Because like, oh, they're the two young people in this situation, they have a few scenes alone, like, and I'm just like, like, where is this going? Why is she messing with him? Uh, and then the reveal, where you know, at the end, where it's like she pretty much manipulated him to to help him, yeah. kind of thing. I was like, oh, that's, I was like, that's sweet, that's nice, and it's sort of yeah. And he shows her a lot dad. More to her character. Yeah, he showed Charlie that she really is a nice person. She just doesn't like to show it. Yeah, or what she's, I guess like what she is doing is a, it's a front for maybe a defense thing or just how she's coping grief in a way. Yeah, well, she was a young girl whose dad walked out on her and yeah. Yeah, it's a tricky situation. It's all, it's all messy. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's because you've got, like, I know your your daughters aren't teenagers yet, but obviously like they're all older and Mine's not even six months yet, so I don't know. Maybe if I revisited this movie in, you know, in like a decade's time, it might affect me a little bit differently. I just didn't have that level of like fully getting that emotional. Yeah. From yeah. That. Yeah. I mean, we definitely had, had different experiences, but it's not even, like, not to get too deep, it's not even just the fact that I've got daughters. Um, you know, my parents separated. I feel like I'm in therapy, but it's but there's there's different there's different ends. Exactly, well that's it. But anyway, so you you, you know it, your own experiences they do inform how you're gonna experience a film. Oh, well, anyway. yeah. Look, I mean, okay, let's get deep. We're here. I was like, uh, my my parents separated. Like, I've I've had a relationship with my dad, but in recent years, I haven't. Still didn't get any sort of emotional. <laughs> So I don't know. Maybe but it I comes am. down to anyway. We, we don't get. We don't need to get any more personal than that. Maybe we should. Um, we should rate the whale. Oh yes. You go first. Give me your thoughts. Give me your. Give me your thoughts and your number out of five. Well, I think I'm going to come in higher than you are because again, like, really hit me hard at the at the end there. Um, yeah, there is. There is times where the pacing is a little bit off. That could be due to the restriction of that one location, but it's not going to affect the score too much for me because for the most part, whatever's happening in the movie, you're with Charlie. I'm going to come in at a 4.5 out of 5. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah, it's pretty right. high, isn't it? Um, look, for, for me, again, the performances are great. The characters are great. Um, 
And as much as I, I can, I'm enjoying the craft and what they've done to sort of bring this play to life, and they've done it well. I feel like it actually is a detriment. So I feel like points need to be removed for the fact that, you know, it still kind of feels like a play. And you, you know, you mentioned like sort of the pacing, there's certain scenes that either drag on too long, unnecessarily stretched out. We kind of spend too long with certain, in certain moments. It's, and I, th- I think that's because, you know, like sort of the transferring it or adapting it from that play to the, to the screen is, yeah, bringing it down a little bit. Again, I, it sounds like I'm talking very negative. This is still a very good film. Um, and therefore, I'm going to give it a four out of five, but it doesn't get full marks for me purely because, it, you know, it's, yeah, there's a few, there's a few shaky things there, but otherwise, all good. So, but look, they're, they're both two very high scores. Yeah. And we're, us. we're pretty, pretty close considering at the end, I was almost reduced to tears. <laughs> <laughs> I just awarded it an additional 0.5 on top of what you gave it. Oh, maybe if I had cried, it was that, that's it, half a mark. Uh, but look, that's it for our review of The Whale. If you haven't already, check out our other shows, Rewind and Review and Sounds Like Comics. Each of those shows also have their own Facebook pages. If you missed it, be sure to check out our recent reviews of Legion of Superheroes and Creed 3. And stay tuned for our upcoming review of Shazam! Fury of the Gods. You've been listening to Jason. And you've been listening to Luke. We're the guys from that film, Stu. See you soon.